Welcome back to another episode of the E-Reads Podcast. My name is Liz, and I'm your host. And this is my podcast where I talk about books, authorship, and all the different parts of the creative process. Today is an exciting episode because I have two wonderful guests, Kate and Jess from Tabletop Publishing. These ladies are former teachers who have taken the children's book publishing industry by storm. I just adore their process, their thoughtfulness when it comes to to creating books for children and their excitement for making kids want to read. So I can't wait for you to learn a little bit more about them. But I'm also excited because fast forward, they also become my publishers of my very first children's book, which will be available in the near future. So stay tuned for more information on that as well. So now that you know a little bit about Kate and Jess, let's jump right into the episode so that we all can learn more about the world of being a publisher of children's books. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome, Kate. How are you wonderful people? I'm doing great. It's exciting to be here and to talk about all this fun book stuff. Yes. How about you, Jessica? How are you doing? Sorry. I'm so excited to be doing this. How are you? Thank you for asking. I'm doing really well. I'm like so excited. I have like so many questions because not only are you on the publishing side, you are women in the publishing side, which is really amazing. So welcome, welcome. Right? Throw that here. So to welcome everyone to the show, I like to start with what I call is like a bookish question, just something about books that is light and fun. So we ready to go? Yes. Okay. So it's around lunchtime where I am. So I thought I would ask something around food. So sometimes I might ask like, what is like, if you're like, describe your book, like a drink or like a food or whatever, but I'm curious, like publishing, what if you had to describe that as like a food or a drink? What is that like? Pop rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I will say. Uh, the world of publishing is like pop rocks for me. Um, it's it's a little sweet. It's a little sour. You never know what to expect. And it's fast. Love it. What about for That's you? Good now. I'm just thinking seven course dinner where you just keep getting stuff that you don't know what it is but you figure it out and it's still good with each course that comes in but still you just like you know you figure it out as you go with each book so like it's interesting because new things new ideas all these things are thrown out of you and it's super creative like a gourmet dish so I would say like a seven course meal like (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Right. So there's, there's a lot of different parts of the publishing, um, which I cannot wait to ask you ladies about, but first, how did this start? You know, how, you know, did you always want to jump into the publishing? You know, what is the story? Do you want to take this Jessica or do you want me to? Okay. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) teachers um in North Carolina together that's how we met um we were both there because our husbands were stationed there and so um she's army I'm marine corps so we end up at the school and we end up teaching the same grade and we end up becoming best friends throughout the year and that was so special and we decided oh uh, what we've been doing is really cool. We should do some, uh, sell our uh, lessons that we've created this year because they're really cool and innovative. And then we kind of pumped each other up. And then I was making a new um, uh, lesson plan for um, a friend who like asked me. And so I ended up writing books. And then Kate was like, these have to be published. And I'm like, I'm scared to publish. And so she's like, I can we can do this. And so we learned everything that we could. Kate did like massive research and our educational business slowly turned into where we were making blogs and videos and lessons turned into focusing on books. And then we were like, wait a minute, our books can have lessons. Our books can have activities. So it kept evolving. Um, and we ended up making it a business during the pandemic and really diving into this whole publishing side during probably the worst time to try to do it, (laughs) but we did it. And we've been successful is because we're best friends, because we support each other, because we root each other on and um, we love what we do. And we're really passionate about literacy. 
Yes. And uh, just to like jump in there and continue talking about that, I will say, okay, so like the first book that we published was When I'm Feeling Red, which is this book right here. If you're in the video, then you can see it. Um, and uh, I actually illustrated the book um, and Jessica wrote the book and we just had a lot of fun with it. So it's all about uh, social emotional learning and trying to figure out how to teach little you know, your little kids about processing anger and how to move through their anger, not necessarily that there's anything wrong with it, but to accept it and to process it, to recognize it and to deal with it in a healthy way. And one of the things that's super special is we don't just have a story here. We also include discussion questions to help teachers or parents uh, talk to their kids about the thing that's going on in the book. And so this was our first book that we put out, which quickly was followed by when I'm feeling blue, which is all about <laughs> sadness. And, um, it, from there, it just kind of blew up into what we have now, where all of our books are focusing on something, social, emotional learning, and something that is to help the development of children. And again, we like to incorporate as much educational uh, materials and resources into the books as well. Oh, that is like really cool. So again, like you are uh, pairing this love of teaching and this love of literacy and uh, I love the discussion questions, right? Because sometimes, you know, for parents, it could be hard on how to have these conversations or, you know, again, giving teachers the tools and the confidence to be able to say, hey, like, yes, you're on the right path. Look, these are the questions and these are, these are the things. So I, I love that. Um, I'm also curious, you talked about, you know, you, Kate, did the, the illustrations, Jessica, you kind of came up with the concept. Is that kind of like how it works? Tell us about, you know, uh, the side of the business, what each of you do. Um, okay, so I'll jump in here. And I did start off helping uh, the illustration process with Red and Blue, but those are the only two books I've actually illustrated. Um, I'm more of the business side of things. As we continue to grow, it just became more apparent that we needed someone who's going to like be in that seat, who's going to make sure that we do all the business stuff right and on time and accurately and things like that. So I kind of uh, handle a lot of, you know, the marketing and the sales reports and all of the business stuff. And then Jessica is our wonderful creative uh, side of the business. She handles a lot of you know, she works with our other illustrators. We actually currently have eight illustrators that we work awesome. with for all of our books. Um, and we have 16 authors that are signed with us currently. So she kind of helps manage the author illustrator relationship and make sure that the illustrations are what we want. So if we need any revisions or edits, she sees that a lot better than I do. Um, and I see more of like the long-term scale of where we're going as a bit, as a publishing house. <laughs> Oh, I love yeah. that. I mean, I have so much fun as the creative director. Um, I get I get to bounce ideas off of Kate. She's not, you know, not participating. And I send it to her that I get to have the final say, but I really need her. She's always been my soundboard since we were educating. Like we always do better together as a team. But I have a lot like picking out fonts and placing it on their uh, on the cover. So it doesn't matter who the illustrator is, I get to make that title pop and I get to be creative and that's super fun for me. And it's very just, it fills my soul to get to do that kind of stuff. So I'm really grateful that I get to be on the creative side and that I have my my yin to yang in Kate. And so, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a really good partnership um, that you both have and you both kind of get to do the areas that, that you love and that really, um, I like that like kind of make your soul smile. Yes, hundred percent. And, uh, we do, she definitely helps me. Like I'll soundboard ideas for business and growth and marketing off of her. And she helps me with that. And then I help her with the creative stuff. Like she'll, she'll, we'll work together on coming up with, um, the cover pages and the way that the page layouts are. And that's one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is when you're publishing a book, every single word on a page is a hundred percent intentional. There is no accident, you know? So it's important to like have someone that you tr 
trust, who you believe is going to give you an honest feedback on what a page looks like and what the whole book together looks like and how it works. Because again, we're, we're not just writing books just to write books. We are creating experiences for these kids that we hope engages them and, and makes them want to love reading. And so every single page and element is critical to what we're doing. So it, it is, it's a perfect team. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Jessica. Well, you just reminded me of the fact that like, I want her to look at where I've placed words and I want her to look at the font because she, she and I both see different aspects of neuro uh, diversity. So like, I understand what's going to um, really unnerve someone with ADHD, OCD. And then Kate looks at it. She understands dyslexia. She understands a lot of other neurodiverse ways of thinking. Like we both have different things that we know about and we consider those as well. So it's not just for a neurotypical experience. We consider, we try to make our books for everyone. So that's why there's also journals. There's also audio books in the books. When you do the QR codes, it's not just the discussion questions. And then there's like a link that takes you to a whole website where we're constantly updating it with new activities for those books, which is insane. Like I've never seen a book like that. And I think that's so cool. And I'm so excited for people to really see and utilize those. And um, get feedback from people and see how, you know, it, it's intended for every child, you know, and to be very inclusive of everybody, um, the best that we can as, as close to hitting every person that we can. So, um, it's nice to be able to both of us look at a page and say, this is going to work. This won't work. Let's make this word pop. Let's change this color. Um, things like that, because colors and dyslexia are important, how close a word is, what a um things like that like we have we really really think through all that stuff which is you know something absolutely that's something it, it is and like I will just throw in that's a really good reason why right not to get too into politics why educators should be in conversations about kids and learning because you think about all those things right like just the thoughtfulness about word placement, having the audiobook so that someone else can experience it. Like just there's so much thought and care, right? You just didn't put words and pictures together. You really thought about the experience. And I think that's so unique about, you know, your company. Yeah. And that is really where we started. As Jessica mentioned earlier, we started as teachers. And so we started really thinking about the literacy gap in kids, especially at the high school level. You had kids who were really low Lexile scored and then really high. And there just, there wasn't a lot of in between. And it was the kids who did not engage with reading at a younger age. They never could catch back up. And it, a lot of it had to do with they didn't want to like what's the point why would you pick up a book and read it when there's netflix or video games or your cell phone to play with you know so um that's one of the things that we always thought about um how do you make kids love reading and as teachers we had other types of activities that we would do in the classroom to really um get kids involved or excited about the books we were reading in class and then you know the shutdown happened and i was stuck at home outside of my classroom for months uh, actually it was about 18 months where i was in north carolina um and yes i was still working yes i was still doing all the online stuff but you get stuck at home and i'm just wondering like what could i do to right. to help this and jessica was right there and me and her were talking every single day about how, what can we do to get kids to be excited about reading again? Um, and it just kind of, it kind of blew up every day, talking more and more about what we wanted to do and what we dreamed about doing. And here we are, uh, 2023. So it's been three years now. And, uh, you know, we've got 16 authors and a bunch of illustrators, and we're all working together to make this happen. So absolutely. And we were chatting before and you all are putting out between like what, one and three books a month. Yes. This has been our big year. So, um, every month this year, we've got between one and three books publishing this month, uh, the lonely chameleon and Olivia's very embarrassing day are both coming out. So for the video, I will hold that up. This is the lonely chameleon and it's actually an early reader chapter book. So, um, we have added 
illustrations throughout the book. And as mentioned before, we've got guided reading questions and journal sections throughout the book. And, you know, we're not crazy. We like to add the idea of writing in books because it actually does help kids um, retain the material better. Mm -hmm. It helps them engage with it. So we might be creating something that is more of a um, consumable products, you know, they are expected to write and to draw and to color and to make it their own, but that allows them to fall in love with the story more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course we also offer QR codes, um, in the book to the journaling pages. So if parents really don't want them to write in their books, then they can always download, uh, and print their own pages for the kids to interact with it. Wow. Although we strongly advocate writing in your books. So There's so many ways that kids think. So there are also like drawing moments too, because you can't just expect every kid to want to write. Maybe they, they draw symbols or like they, they process things. So there's space to, to also use your creative side for everybody to express themselves as they read. So yep. I love that. And so you have about 16 authors, you have illustrators, you're putting out books each month. I mean, are y'all considered indie? Are you considered traditional? Please share it. What type of publishing? Are you hybrid? What, what do y'all fall under? So we are definitely um, a traditional style publishing house, but we are an indie publishing house. So um, when we talk about hybrid versus traditional publishing, um, as far as the model of your business, a hybrid publisher is someone who's going to charge you as an author upfront to publish your book. And a lot of people decide to go that way because it allows them to have, uh, they get greater royalties from their books. They have more control of what the book looks like. Um, and they, it's an easy process. You know, they spend the money, they get their book published and it's over. Now they have to maintain the rest of the marketing side themselves. Um, however, a traditionally traditional model of a publishing house is one where you submit your man manuscript into the publishing house. And then someone from that publishing house will either approve or reject the manuscript. Once it's approved, then we take full financial risk on the book. We're not going to ask you for any money. Um, we're going to put all of our own money into seeing the project through. So it starts with a manuscript. Uh, we send the books to our illustrators. We get the formatting done. We get the page design done. We cover the cost for um, copyrights and all of the ISBN numbers and even the print runs when they first publish. So when we take on a manuscript, we truly believe in the message and the author and the book itself. Um, and that's, that's what we do, but we are considered, um, indie because we are small. We're not a huge publishing house yet. However, we have aspirations to burst the indie bubble at some point. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts. O'Reilly auto parts has parts need them fast. We've got fast, no matter what you need. We have thousands of professional parts, people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Mm, I'll, I'll get, ask you more about that, but Jessica, anything that you want to add about, you know, your style of, of publishing? I think that Kate and I wanted to go the traditional route specifically because we only want to publish books that we believe in that we truly feel are going to bring a joy joy to reading or a joy back to reading for that kid picking that book up and um so every single book that we say yes to um I end up having a deep love it's, it's it, I love those books as much as I love the four books that I've published under my name so it's it, I feel as invested in those books as I did writing it myself and you know all of that like I truly feel like both of us care so much about each book and I think that it shows and we make sure that we only put them out when they're ready we don't force them to be published when they're not ready like every single thing 
we're like, okay, it's done. It can go out to the world. This is going to be the best for kids and families. And it's something we deeply believe in. And I think that matters so much when you're talking about books. Um, we're both moms. We both have been educators. So we truly care about what a child is reading, what messages they're exposed to, all of that. So I just think that um, if people know how much we deeply care, then you know, there's this level of trust, like, Hey, I can show this to my kid and they're getting something good out of this. Like someone cared enough to do this and not just throw it together and say, sure, mm -hmm. you can have a public. So. Absolutely. You, you definitely can see that the care and the thought that y'all have put in, um, to the creation of, of these, these books. And I'm curious, right. Are they just children's books? Are they just for, you know, preschool, you know, kind of what are the type of books that you are putting out? So um, we right now we have mostly children's books, but they do vary in ages. So we've got uh, several books that are for toddlers up to preschool, first grade. Then we have other books that are a little bit more complex in the diction. So they're more age range to six to eight. Um, and then again, we have our early reader chapter book that is coming out this month. And so that's going to be depending on the child's reading ability, it can either be um, a first or second grade book for someone who's uh, reading at a higher level, or it's going to be a reading. Um, oh, it's going to be for struggling readers um, for an older kid in second or third grade. And then we actually have a series of YA novels that should start releasing in <laughs> the spring. We're actually really excited. We just signed this author. Her books are amazing. And I yeah. cannot wait to start working with her and get those books out because they really are, um, there's something else. So we're really excited about that. Well, that makes me so excited for y'all. Are you, are you also excited, Jessica? I saw that little chant you were doing. Our goal has always been to hit ages zero to 18 because we want to follow kids from the time that they're small and learning language all the way through. Because again, once you hit that high school level, you either love or hate reading. And um, we're really great at getting kids to enjoy these books that they were forced to read. That is not a typical skill and so if we can catch kids young foster that love of reading so that they can get to high school and uh, succeed because literacy liter literally <laughs> helps you with every, every subject um and so I'm super excited and I'm really excited to be doing some lessons and journals and uh activities for high schoolers in those like I think Kate and I created like Instagram and TikTok activities that apply to books to get kids really into it we could nice. easily take those apply it to our our books and have them in there and like really make it fun and who knows what will happen from there like I'm so excited to see what happens Oh my goodness. Again, you can see the care that you've put in, but also uh, on the author side, I can see how nice it would be to be able to come and have that, that support and not have to do it all on your own, but in case people are skeptical, right? Like why, why should, and I'll ask you like, what does the process look like to, to get involved? But why should someone choose tabletop? You know, if they're still like, I don't know, I want all the control of self-publishing, you know, why y'all? Do you want to We're jump in with that or you want me to go ahead? No, I liked what you said. <laughs> like we have our authors backs. Um, we chose them for a reason. We're, we're all like-minded. We all are invested emotionally into the book. Um, so we're with you every step of the way. It's so overwhelming. Like I could not have published my first book without Kate's support. Um, I, I would have just said, it would have never been a thing it would have been written it would have been done mm -hmm. it, which is really a sad thought but um I needed someone to say hey I can handle getting it out to people and publishing it and figuring out all this other stuff because as a creative person I I can do the creative part but the research that goes into publishing and marketing and, and social media Exposure, all that is very overwhelming on your own. And now that we've been doing it for three years and we've grown on social media and we've really learned a lot and we've both done so much research, you get 
someone who has your back, who has your best interest. And we always say in every single phone meeting, like if we do choose to sign you, if you don't like something, we take that to heart. We want you to love your book. How sad would it be if you're out at this cool author event and you've got a book that you don't like the cover and don't like, you don't like the, the edits, you don't like how the end result, like that's not okay. We, we talk to our authors. We're probably one of the few traditional publishers that really takes feedback to heart from our authors. So um, it doesn't mean that we're going to say yes to everything. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to say like, listen, this is the best thing for your book. And here's why we'll always give you a why, but it means a lot to us if you don't like your book um, and you don't like something that we did. And so um, I don't think there's traditional publishers out there that care that deeply about how their authors feel about their books at the end of the day, because they want the bottom line. We want everyone to be we want people to be happy and we want kids to have the best book possible like we, our bottom line is do the kids love their book and that's also a big difference it's not about money it's about the getting those kids the experience the knowledge the education the literacy development all of the things the the social emotional lessons like that are important to us um we care more about that than the bottom line at the end of the day so that's why I think tabletop I would I would want to be an author with us <laughs> we're pretty nice listen I don't even have a children's book I'm like oh listen <laughs> y'all seem like again I, I love how you touched upon um it's like you take the best of the traditional as far as the structure the support but also the we'll say the spirit of hybrid where you're very thoughtful about the author and like just the entirety not only the author but also the the reader and so that's wonderful just the entire spirit of it all oh thanks <laughs> right now I'm curious for those who are listening they're just like oh my god I, I want to be a part of tabletop what does that process look like right do they come with you with just an idea do they come manuscript finished and edited and it'll you know what does that look like for y'all so um, on our website, we have a little button that says publish with us. So you can go to the website, click on publish with us, and then there's a place where you can submit your manuscript. So we ask for um, a book synopsis and your manuscript. Sometimes um, people already have their illustrations done or they just, they have a really uh, determined idea about their illustrations. So they already go, like they go ahead and get those. Um, if you have illustrations, then we're happy to see those as well, but we're not always going to want to use, um, pre-created illustrations. And that's just because there's a lot of stuff that goes behind illustrations that people don't necessarily think about when they're paying for illustrations, especially if you're like, an author who's trying to self-publish and you're maybe following a budget, you get the illustrations you can afford. And that's not always the best illustrations for the books, which is why for us, it was super important for us to get illustrators that we um, loved and whose artwork was going to be so powerful in our books. Um, and so we would prefer to have um, illustration sorry, excuse me. We would prefer not to have illustrations with the manuscripts, to be honest. And that way we have that creative ability to move forward, but that doesn't mean that we won't look at illustrations. Um, and we also have our authors work with the illustrators to make sure that they also love the illustrations that we are creating as well. Anyway, so moving on with that, um, once you submit your manuscript, it takes uh, maybe a month or two, sometimes three, depending on how backed up we are for us to go through the manuscripts. And then we send a very polite uh, rejection if it's not a book that we're interested in moving forward with. And there's a lot of reasons why we might reject a book. Um, again, because we are a traditional publishing house, we have to make sure that it's something that we believe um, we can grow with. And we are putting in a hundred percent financial risk with every book we take. So we have to make sure that it is something that fits our brand and our brand is very specific. Again, it has to be a children's book or middle grade novel or YA book that reaches children from two to 18. And it also needs to focus on some sort of emotional, um, social, emotional learning or developmental learning or some life lesson or skill that also fits in with the story as well. So there's a lot there that we're looking for, but once you feel that your manuscript's ready to be read, then we'll go through, we'll read it, and then we'll either send you um, a letter to move forward or not. And again, if we move forward, then 
um, what we're doing is we're setting up a meeting where we get to meet with the author and talk about the books. And this is where we kind of share with the authors what we do and how we'll be editing the books and what we'll be adding to the books and the time period process that it takes because each book can take anywhere from a year to two years to actually get out into the world. Um, and sometimes that shocks people. Like sometimes authors are like, what, it's going to take a whole year. And it yeah. does. It, it <laughs> takes a long time to get the illustrations right, the format right. You have to get proofs from the printer and, and all those things. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize all the things that go into it. So anyway, um, but that's kind of the process in a nutshell. Um, and then eventually we send a contract and it's either signed or not. So I love that. And when you say that the manuscript is ready, do y'all expect it to be like edited or just kind of like, just, you know, kind of what is ideal for y'all? Um, so we always are going to do slight edits. We don't, if there's, uh, edits that we see need to be made or anything like that, that's not going to be cause for rejection. Uh, we are perfectly capable of copy editing a work. We're perfectly capable of making sure that everything sounds right. And honestly, there's never been a book that we didn't have to edit a little bit. Um, so for us, it's more about having the concept, having the understanding of what it is your book is, is meant to do, meant to say, because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at did that book have that social emotional theme that needs to be taught? Right. Is that book diverse? Is that book inclusive? Is this a topic that we feel is strong enough to fit our brand? And, you know, that's what we're looking at more so than the perfect polished manuscript. I love that. Mm -hmm. and, and what's nice is that we'll take notes when we read a book we send it to each other and then we take that for the initial meeting. It doesn't mean that we're, so if we're interested, we set up the, a meeting, we talk, we're going to talk to them. Kate usually handles that because she knows all the business side. So anything to do with contract questions, I could do it, but I'm not the expert. So I'm the wrong person for that. But <laughs> if I can be in a meeting. Um, so usually you'll talk to Kate. Um, Maybe I'll be able to hang out on the line with you guys, but um, we go through everything that we would want to edit before you sign the contract. Like if there's going to be any major changes or suggestions that are significant, that way you don't sign a contract and you're thrown to the wolves and not right. expecting us to discuss this. And we say it's okay, but at least you know, like these are things that we want to change. Um, and I think that's important to know because there's a level of safety as we're up front. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was going to say that transparency is very comforting, right? Like you don't, you know, again, thinking about the author side, don't want to be like, oh yeah, like let's do this. And then you find out like, oh, we want to change this, 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 and those might be deal breakers. So I love that level of transparency. Right. Um, thank you ladies so very much. Um, kind of curious, what is your plan going forward? Like what would be the dream? So I have two um, of those, you know, like possible ways we could go about this. And I mean, honestly, there's so many things that I just hope to grow and be able to do. So um, I know that as a small indie publishing house right now, I would absolutely love it if we were to continue to grow and expand um, to have our brand truly known by enough people in around the world or in the United States to where we could be, we could break that bubble of indie publishing to just a standard publishing house that is well known by everybody. Um, and then of course, there's always that little idea of maybe one of the big five likes our imprint and wants to, to add us to their big five establishment. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about that? And then Jessica, I want to know if you have any additional dreams, but because um, I don't think a lot of people realize that under the big five, you know, like the Simon Schuster and things like that, that there's other publishers. Can you share just a little bit about that? Oh, right. So um, you have the big five and those are the most well-known publishing houses. But the thing that a lot of people don't really understand or realize uh, maybe is that each of those publishing houses has a lot of like imprints within them. So you're buying a book and you think it's a different publishing house, but it's actually just an imprint owned by the same big five company. Um, and they, that's 
one of the things that they do is they find other publishing houses that are being successful, that do have great books signed with them and they will make partnerships or, uh, you know, buy the company and add the imprint to their own stock. And, and then you just get the support of a major corporation like that, which would be really awesome for both us and our authors, I think in the future. Um, but to be able to stand on our own would also be an equal, if not better, uh, dream in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Two wonderful dreams. And again, I think that's also amazing for your authors because, you know, it's, Sometimes that big five seems like too unreachable, but knowing like you can still have that with, uh, we'll say like a smaller publisher, right? Like, and I only mean small because it's just your number is small. Like you're doing these big things. Right. And that's, that's another thing. Like we're very honest, you know, we tell our authors that we are just an indie publishing house, but that doesn't mean that we're not a publishing house. You know, we get their manuscripts and we create amazing books with unique things that other publishing companies are not doing. And we also do a lot of marketing that other publishing companies don't necessarily do. Like they'll have marketing, um, deals that they do as a publishing house for a whole slew of books, but they don't necessarily help each individual author with their marketing and to make book sales for a lot of publishing houses. It's just, does the book sell or not? Mm -hmm. And it's up to the author to maintain their marketing and their presence and their, um, following and things like that. So one of the things that we do with our authors is we give them training on how to set up their author pages and we give them advice on how to reach their audience and to share their books. And then we also have a whole side of the business that is marketing and we rotate our books through marketing channels and things like that. Fantastic. Lovely. And Jessica, like what is like the dream that you kind of see for, for tabletop? So my dream is to see, I would love, like we, we get some really cool pictures of kids reading our books or doing activities. We're so inundated with them that we can't keep up with them and that there's just so many things coming our way. We've got, um, I think it's going to be in our interactive version of Moby Place the Flute where you can like write to Moby and hear back from her. I want to like be so to like, and just feel the love from the kids with those books, like so much that I can't breathe. Like that would be great. <laughs> That's kind of where I, what I'm thinking. Cause I, I have the same dreams as Kate, but like thinking about that impact and like what, how big of an impact do I want it to be and how much feedback do I want to be seeing from kids you know sending it in on social media from thanks to their parents sending us tagging us in photos and stuff like that would be oh yeah that brand awareness would be just amazing just to see people who like know us and love us and we have following like we have people on social media and stuff but just to have I bumped my microphone anyway (laughs) Uh, but just to, to see people like interact with us and to want to Ah, do that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, if, um, uh, if schools are listening and want your books, you know, do they, how can people connect with you? If there's someone across the world and they want to, to publish, can you share, you know, contact information, website, you know, how do we reach you? Oh, absolutely. So our website is tabletopteachingllc.com. And you can actually just search Google for tabletop publishing will pop up. Um, so, and that's the thing is our, our company name, tabletop teaching LLC is everything. And then the imprint that we're using is tabletop publishing. So, um, you can go to the website, uh, and contact us. If you're a teacher or a school and you're looking for a classroom set of books, we offer special pricing. So you can just contact me directly, um, through our website and I can get back to you with, uh, information about that. And we also offer author readings to schools. So if any schools are interested in an author visit from one of our wonderful 16 authors, um, we have also discounts for books if you're going to include an author reading as well. And um, you can, if you're an author who is looking for a publishing house, you can go to the publish with us tab and submit your work directly to us with email. So lovely. And if y'all miss any of that, it will be in the episode show notes. Oh my God. One last question. I promise. (laughs) 
<laughs> the other one is what if there's someone that has self-published um, and they, they have their book and they're like, Ooh, I want to like republish it with y'all. Is that an option? Are you looking for work that has not been published yet? What is ideal for y'all? Okay. I'm going to jump in with this one too. This is kind of a complicated question. You may not realize it, but it is. So, uh, if someone has already self-published a book, that is not a deal breaker for us. Um, we definitely have actually signed a couple of authors who have previously published a book and then we're republishing it. But something that you need to understand and consider, if you're looking at republishing a book, then there's two ways to do that. Either we are publishing a second edition where it's minor changes and we're keeping the same name with a new ISBN. But if we have to do a certain amount of changing to it, and especially if the title is no good, then what we're really doing is we're going to ask that you shelve or, or get rid of the original book. And then we're going to come out with a whole new book um, that is similar to your original publishing. Um, and so that would, it, it would just be a conversation that we have to have about what is going to happen with the book that you've already published. So, um, but we, we definitely still look at that. Oh my God, y'all do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little too much of everything. <laughs> We're very ambitious. We're so busy all the time, but I love it. It's the best job in the world. If you want to be able to talk to both of us, um, tabletop teaching, uh, has a team email address. It's tabletop team at tabletop teaching LLC.com. Isn't that right? Is that right? Yes. So yes. If you're a principal or a teacher, I would prefer you just send us an email. Um, if you're an author, submit your book. That's going to be the best way to get your book noticed by us. But um, those direct emails will be great for scheduling you for author readings. With you get to choose your book, you get to choose whether or not you want party prizes with it. If you know there's activities with every author reading, so um, let us know what you're looking for, and we can uh, direct you. <laughs> Yes. And to clarify, if you go to the contact us page on our website, that will take you to the tabletop team email and you'll be able to send us any inquiries you have about uh, getting those books. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, again, you have done so much in such a short amount of time. Um, listen, I'm excited for everything that you have coming up. But um, before I ask my very last question, any last words that you want to leave folks with? Well, <laughs> I think I honestly, no matter you, if you, if you get books from us or somewhere else, um, I think that it's really important. Like, please let your kids choose the books that they want to read. Um, and if they want to read the same book a million times, just keep reading the same book. They're getting something from that. It's really important to them. They're every time you reread it, they're getting something new from it, believe it or not, even though your brain is numb and you've memorized it um, because it really does foster that love of reading because they have, it's one of the few things you can give them control of. You can't control what time they start school. You can't control when their doctor's appointments are. There's so much out of their control, but give them the control to pick their books and love their books and you know, just giving them those choices. You don't have to give them the whole library at night, but pick out four and give them a choice. Like you get to pick one of these four books um, and just do those little things throughout their life where they get to have that choice in their, their reading experience. And, um, you're going to see big results from that, both language literacy, um, their emotional development, um, how well they do in all of their subjects, because they're good at communicating. They're, they're solid at reading. They can read a textbook, even though they don't want to, they have to, and figure it out because you've set them up for success with their literacy. So just give them that choice. That's my, my thing. Kate, any last words? Oh, uh, you know, uh, just to bounce off of that, um, I will say that, you know, we started as advocates for literacy. We've always been advocates for literacy. And as we continue to push out books, we will continue to focus on that as well. So we just hope that everyone else uh, can join us and our journey to creating books that are truly engaging and help literacy and bridging the gap. I love that again. And I love that 
you know, again, you're not just putting up books, you're putting up books that have meaning and encourage kids to read. And um, as someone who was an avid reader as a kid, I appreciate that. And I appreciate um, just the diversity of, of your books in the way that you are being inclusive. So again, kudos to, to both of you. Yay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last question before I let you go is, so I'd like to end with like um, a word or a phrase that folks can use in like a writing prompt or however they express creativity. So whether it's music, dance, whatever. So this will be two words. So I'll ask both of you for a word or a phrase um, that we can use in a writing prompt. So what do you have for us? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was it, Jessica? I didn't catch you. Of course. Hold on, I heard Space Force. I don't think that was it. <laughs> Dinosaurs. Oh. Dino. Okay. <laughs> okay, dinosaur. What about you, Kate? I'm going to say... Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh. That's a good one. Okay, why dinosaur and why down the rabbit hole? Well, dinosaurs for me, because um, my first three books all have dinosaur characters. I did a ton of research. I fell in love with Ray Bradbury's, uh, gosh, I've been having a lot of memory problems lately. Just forgive me. Um, it's my favorite short story. I can't, can't, you must know what I'm talking about. He goes back in time, steps on a butterfly, to shoot dinosaurs it's like a whole like you don't know what I'm talking about no. okay right. <laughs> you lost me in high school with sci science fiction and like playing with timelines and dinosaurs and you know I love Jurassic Park growing up and so I use dinosaurs for my fellow dino lovers in my books so that's why dinosaurs for me I'm just I'm obsessed on with them yeah <laughs> so nice all right why down the rabbit hole kate oh that's just because it's kind of the euphemism for my life um you know i went down the rabbit hole with jessica in the whole publishing house and it has led to some amazing things um and i feel that uh creating stories where the characters are going on explorations and diving into what they're experiencing are wonderful stories and, uh, you know, things for other kids to read because it gives them the self-confidence and the courage to follow their own paths and dreams, even if they are a little wonky. I think it's called Sound of Thunder, the, the, the short story, just if anybody's interested, Ray Bradbury, Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder. Okay. Now I remember. Okay. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> lovely and listen you all know how it goes stay to the end of this episode to see what i do with the prompt dinosaur and down the rabbit hole i think i will have a little bit of fun <laughs> with this so Yay. thank you both for this prompt and you know keep us updated with all the wonderful things that you're doing thank you kimmy called kevin the long neck dino who stomped through the forest on the hunt for his friend. Splat on something gooey and smelly under Kevin's foot. Ew, he groaned and tried to wipe the brown goop from his toes. I'll have to be more careful, he said as he stomped deeper into the forest. Kimmy, his friend, was very tiny while Kevin was very big, but that didn't stop them from having a blast of a time. As Kevin searched for his friend, he got a little hungry, so he took a chomp off a branch. Yummy and very leafy, he said. Give me one, please, called a tiny voice down below. Stretching his long neck to the ground, Kevin nosebumped Kenny, his long-eared rabbit friend. Kevin was a dinosaur and Kimmy was a rabbit. Even though playtime was sometimes different than when they played with their other friends, it was always very special. After a quick nose bump, Kevin swung his tail and knocked it against the tree. Bang! The tree rattled like it was in a windstorm. 
Yay, laughed Kimmy, dancing as the leaves fell like snowflakes. Kimmy munched on some tasty green leaves and Kevin took some from the top. When Kimmy's belly was full of healthy treats, she said, I can't play today, Kevin. I have to go home and clean my room. Kevin's eyes drooped and his smile went away when Kimmy said she couldn't play. Kimmy's ears flopped as she too got sad. Hey, Kevin said, and his eyes brightened as he smiled. What if I helped you clean your room? Kimmy didn't know about this idea. She had been to Kevin's house and her home looked very different. I don't know, she said as her nose twitched nervously. It will be okay. I am a good helper. Show me the way, he said. Kimmy was glad Kevin wanted to help and she really wanted to play. So she hopped on Kevin's tail and he placed her on his head. Kevin stepped forward and Kimmy led the way. When they got to her home, she slid down his long neck, across his back, and around his spiral tail. Whee! Kimmy laughed. Kevin laughed too as her furry body tickled his skin. Kimmy hopped to the hole and jumped in. When Kevin leaned his eye to the hole, all he saw was a dark space. Come in, Kimmy's voice echoed. But seeing her home, Kevin wasn't so sure this was a good idea. Um, he said down the rabbit hole, I don't think I can fit. Kevin placed his eye to the hole again, and then he jumped back when Kimmy's body rushed to the top. Kimmy popped her head out, then wiggled her body out. She looked from the tiny hole to Kevin's massive body. Hmm, if you can't help me inside, maybe you can help me outside. This made Kevin smile wide, so wide that all you could see were his shiny white teeth. I can move back these broken logs and bite back some of these trees so you can have more light, Kevin said. Kimmy's ears fluttered excitedly. Thank you, and we can talk to each other through the tunnel, Kimmy said. With a nose bump, their plan was made. Kimmy slid down the hole, and Kevin ate away at the branches, with both of them singing along the way.